13. I'm excited to preach the word of God to you tonight. And who's excited to hear the word from the Lord tonight? Amen. I believe God's going to encourage, stir us, challenge us, convict us. Amen. We need to be convicted sometimes. We need to hear the word about God. Deal with this heart, man. God, change my life. God, mold and shape my life. We need to come expectant. Can you say amen? Well, we don't just come to church and be like, oh, yeah, Jesus, hallelujah, praise the Lord. No, we come to church and say, God, change me on the inside. I want to be transformed. Amen. We don't want to be the same. That will be boring Christianity. We want to be transformed to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs chapter 13 is our text tonight. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. And I want to preach a message entitled, Broken Wings and Busted Dreams. Broken Wings and Busted Dreams. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. If you're not there, say hold on for a minute. All right, just go back to the glossary, if I can help you. That's at the beginning. <laughs> Amen. Proverbs 13, verse 12, and it reads this. Hemi will catch up. <laughs> it says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hallelujah. Again, it reads again. It says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Of life. We live in a world where people are looking for hope. Amen. We live in a world where hope seems so lost and so distant. I was reading a, an article the other day and it was so, I mean, it, it's down in my mind. It, it says this, uh, the millennials, which are 30 years and under, get this right, are getting plastic surgery to look like their selfies. Mm. Dr. Neelam Vashi, who is the director of the Boston University Cosmetic and Laser Center, said this, have a listen to this, a new phenomenon called Snapchat dysmorphia has popped up where patients are seeking out to have surgery to help them appear like their filtered version of themselves. That's crazy, right? And they want to have this picture perfect shot and they want to have surgery done. And I want you to listen to this study published in the uh, JAMA Facial Plastic Surgery. They found apps like Snapchat and photo editing Facetune are to blame as they allow selfies to achieve a level of perfection previously seen only in celebrities or beauty magazine. Dr. Vashi says a little adjusting on Facetune can smoothen the skin, make teeth look whiter, eyes and lips much bigger and voluptuous. Can you say voluptuous? <laughs> sure, delicious. delicious. A quick share on Instagram and the likes and the comments start rolling in. And so people are trying to replicate this perfection into real life. How sad is the world we're living in? Amen. And this is happening worldwide. Social media is becoming the norm. This is now affecting people's self-esteem, triggering body dysmorphic disorder. I want you to get that. Body dysmorphic disorder known as BDD, and listen to it, it's an excessive preoccupation with a perceived flaw in appearance often characterized by people going to great and at times unhealthy lengths to hide their imperfections. And studies have found that social media negatively impacts self-esteem and increases the risk of mental issues. In 2015, a report from the Office for National Statistics says more than a quarter of teenagers who use social media for more than three hours a day were found to have problems related to mental health. 
Amen. I'm coming to someone's house this morning. Amen. You know, we preached on the mobile phone today, and you know, tonight I'm preaching on something else. Amen. In uh, patients who display BDD, body dysmorphic disorders, researchers and doctors recommend additional screening to check underlying problems. Listen to one of the doctors who had, had to say this. He said, further questions should be asked to screen for any element of body dysmorphia. Dr. Esho said, treating patients that do show these red flags is not, not only unethical, but also detrimental to the patient. And I like what he says here. He says, as they need something that no needle or scalpel can ever provide. This doctor is saying, man, you know what? People are coming in to have all these face, uh, you know what, uh, surgery. And he's saying, there's something that no needle or scalpel could ever provide. You know what? Our young generation is seeking hope. This generation, uh, you know, in our society, they're not happy. They're consumed with self. But you know what? They're totally disappointed in how they look. In fact, people are so depressed on how they look. And these secular doctors, these surgeons are saying what we're already preaching. People need more help than as plastic surgery. They need hope. Can you say amen? They need Jesus Christ, who is the author, the finisher of our faith, that is able to give us hope in this lost and broken world. And in our text, Proverbs chapter 13 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. There is some great truth in this particular text. If we were to dig deep beneath the surface of this text right here, we'd find treasures of godly wisdom. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, people on this earth are trying to achieve something. People on this earth are trying to hoping in their heart of hearts to look better. They're hoping, you know what, oh, if I could just make myself look good. Oh, if I could just put a bit of makeup on. Oh, if I could just go to the gym just to look better in the hope of something that would make them feel or have this satisfaction, but yet making them more empty and more broken. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. These four words, I see at work here. Number one, hope. Hope means confident expectation. There's this anticipation and this passionate longing for some desired end. There's this hope that's within us that says, man, I hope to see something come to pass. There's a hope within us. There's a passion within us that says, oh, yes, there's something that's going to happen, and I want it to come to pass. You know, I'm training with uh, Joseph and Hemi. You know, there's a hope that one day I look like Joseph. <laughs> there's one day, you know what, got that six-pack abs. No, no, I'm just <laughs> and there's this hope for people today. You know, you want to get into the gym and lose some kgs. Amen. You know what, there's this hope for us tonight that we want to be better moms and dads. Amen. We want to be better people, better husbands, better wives. There's this hope inside of us that says, man, I hope my children would grow up and be successful. Not only successful, but one day making their own decision to live for Jesus Christ. There's a hope within every parent. There's hope tonight. And Jeremiah 29 verse 11, we serve a God of hope. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Listen, thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and a what? Hope. Amen. To give you a hope. To give you a hope that this world can't give. To give you a hope that no alcohol could ever give. To give you a hope that no person could ever give. But hope in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 15 verse 13. I love this verse. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Amen. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy. Amen. May our joy be filled. We don't have to go to drugs or alcohol. May our hope be filled in Jesus Christ. Come on. 
We ought to be excited to say we don't have to go to the nightclub. Come on now. We don't have to go to the pub. Come on, don't, don't be quiet on me. Come on, we don't have to go down the street. And we don't have to go spend a night with our girlfriends or boyfriends. We can find hope tonight in Jesus. Come on, give God a praise tonight. The God of hope will fill you with joy and peace. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Hey, I'm excited tonight because I used to be a person with no hope, man. I used to be a person, a young boy, a teenager, lost, no direction, nothing. But as soon as I found Jesus, I'm like, man, I'm excited. There's nothing like Jesus. Hallelujah. Hope. The second word I see is defer. This word means to give up. The word defer in context means when hope doesn't turn up, we give up. And that which you hope for, when it doesn't turn up, it gives you this insight that says, oh man, you know what, I'm just going to give up now. I mean, you wish something or you hope something would come to pass, but then it doesn't, and then we give up. It's being deferred. That's what it means. When it doesn't turn up, when it doesn't knock on your door and you've been waiting for change, when it doesn't come and turn up on your door and it's like, man, I've been waiting for some miracle and it doesn't turn up, listen, and then that's where we give up. That's where the word says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. We don't see the changes, so we give up. You started off well, and then you're like, man, I, I hope to see some changes, but then you didn't, and so you give up. And then that brings us to the third word, it's his heart. The heart sick, feelings and the intellect of the heart. It's the seed of our emotions. You know what, it's the, it's the soul of our being. It makes our heart sick. It makes our heart feel uneasy. And the fourth word is sick. It means, you know what, all our emotions, all everything is now, you know what, dysfunctional because of the fact that we put our hope in something that never came to pass. And it makes us depressed. It makes us sick. And this is where people abandon hope. What causes someone to lose hope? What causes someone to commit suicide? What causes someone to quit in life? What causes someone to jump ship? What causes someone? It's because hope has been deferred. You hoped this relationship was going to work out, but it didn't. You hoped that, uh, you know what, you moved to another country, and you hoped that life would change, but it didn't. You hoped that you, were, you know what, have more money would make you happier, but it didn't. Because of the fact you put your hopes in the wrong thing. You put your hope in a person, you put a hope in this situation. Listen, can I tell you, people will let you down. Say amen. Amen. People will, you know what, let you down. Things around you will change. Circumstance will change. Our hopes, listen tonight, is not what surrounds us. Our hope is in Christ Jesus. And whenever you find yourself in a hopeless situation, can I remind you? I want you to write this down. Number one, remind yourself. Remind yourself. Number one. David, the psalmist, he preaches to himself. He reminds himself in Psalms chapter 42, verse 5. Listen to this. Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. He's making it personal. He's saying, man, why am I so depressed? Man, why? I used to be on fire. I used to jump. I used to skip. And like, yeah, man, praise the Lord. How I got to but, but all of a sudden, he's like, man, why am I so cast down on my soul? And why? Listen to the next verse. And why are you disquieted within me? There's this silence now in his life. Nothing's turning out. And it's like, you, he can't pray. She can't praise anymore. Something within died. But then he reminds himself and he says this word, hope in God. For I shall yet praise him. Hallelujah. For the help of my countenance 
is in Christ Jesus. David is saying to his heart, he's reminding himself, don't be depressed, uh, don't be uh, saddened, hope in God. And I want to encourage you tonight, church, whenever you get disappointed, whenever you feel depressed, whenever things around you seem to be going in, in pear shape, listen, hope in God, remind your situation. Remind yourself that I have a God of all power and authority. Come on, we have a hope in Jesus Christ tonight. Man, if Jesus stayed on the cross, our hopes would be null and void. Amen? You know what is it? Jesus said, oh, if he's, you know, he just got on the cross, he said, oh, yeah, Jesus just died. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Christians. He's died. He's dead. If Jesus stayed in the grave, man, we're hopeless. We have no hope for our lives. He stayed in the grave. But listen, the good news of the gospel. Are you ready? Jesus Christ rose again. Come on. He didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the grave. Death could not hold him. The grave could not hold him because Jesus rose again on the third day with all power. Come on, somebody. He rose with all authority and says, you know what? I came to give hope. I came to give life. I came to give peace. I came to give joy. And that's Jesus Christ. And you know what? He's coming back. He's coming back. This world is going to pass away. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming back tonight. He's coming back. There's a song that we used to sing. When I go, don't cry for me. In my Father's arms I'll be. The wounds this world left on my soul will all be healed and I'll be whole. Amen. Jesus came to seek and to save us, to give us eternal life. That is the hope of the gospel. That is the hope and the good news for us sinners that gives us access and free, this free gift called grace that we don't deserve. Yet this God's wrath was supposed to be poured upon us, yet it was poured on Christ Jesus, that his blood now became the atonement. It is, in other words, it's this at one with God. His blood was able to make us right with the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Number one, remind yourself there's hope in God. Number two, not only should you remind yourself to hope in God, you need to learn, listen, to respond and not react. There's a huge difference between reacting and responding. To react, listen, is typically quick, without much thought. It's the typical knee-jerk reaction. We say things we shouldn't. We do things we regret. We do in certain situations. We make impulse decisions, purchases. We do these things. We do bang, bang, bang. Whereas a response is thought over. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Amen. Thelma knows we did a Bible study of this. 16, verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Brothers and sisters, how, can you imagine how many apologies we could say when we learn how to respond and not react? How many regrets we could save by simply responding and not reacting? Paul writes and says to the Ephesian church, walk circumspectly. That word means to consider all circumstances. Isn't it funny when we get into situations, the last thing we ever do is respond. We just react. Anger comes in, we're just like, man, I just want to, I just want to knock that guy out. <laughs> you know what? And then all of a sudden something comes in and this, this spirit of lust comes inside of us. Ooh, I, I'm being real. Come on. Can, can I knock in front of your house today? <laughs> Amen. Well, there's, there's, there's something within us. It's like, man, you know what? Man, I, did he just, did, did he just cut me off in traffic? Oh my goodness. It's something rises within us. And so 
respond. <laughs> let's start to think and let's just say, you know what, God? And so number one, listen very carefully. Before you spray, pray. Are you, are you praying? Have you prayed? Are you, have, you, have you prayed? Before you react in sudden anger, don't react in the heat of the moment. Learn to respond in prayer. Come on. Are you reading your Bible? Secondly, so are you praying? And number two, are you reading your Bible? When was the last time you got in God's Word and said, you know, God, I'm not going to react. I'm going to respond by praying and by reading the Word. I mean, wake up in the morning, get your coffee, have your Bible down there, and just begin to open up the Scriptures. God, read about Jesus. Read about the miracles. Read about the things that He did. Re read about the things that He said. Get to know Jesus. Get to know what He said, how He treated people. Get to know the Christ who you follow. Get to know Jesus who I'm preaching about. Some people that come to church don't even know what Jesus did. They just know, oh yeah, John 3.16. No one the ark. Amen. We need to read our Bible. We need to study that thing, man. I'm telling you. We need to consider all circumstances. Not just react, but consider all circumstances. And I want to encourage people, you know what? Get some godly wisdom. Seek it from your pastor. Don't react, but say, you know, I'm going to read, I'm going to pray, I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to, yep, I'm going to respond, I'm going to go see my pastor. Is there something, pastor, look, you know, I just want to, and I, I'm so encouraged by people who give me a call or they sit down, Pastor, I'm going, you know what? That's humility. It takes humility to open up to someone. You know, you feel shameful. It's like, oh, man, you know what? And I want to encourage, don't go out to anybody in the streets and tell them your issues. Seek godly wisdom. Seek godly counsel. That's why God has given us pastors. Man, I still have my pastor, Pastor Field, where I can confide in him and tell him, you know, my, because we're accountable to each other. You know, God's given us shepherds to lead us, to guide us, to feed us. God's given us shepherds, and I want to encourage you. He's given this congregation and a pastor to be able to give some godly wisdom. Don't react, but respond. Pray, read the Bible, seek godly counsel. And then number four, you'll see the result. A person's behavior or their conduct, their character is, is a result of things they've allowed in their hearts. That's why Proverbs 4 verse 23 says this, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. You know what? You need to guard your heart, church. We need to guard our hearts. You, we need to begin to remove and resist temptation that whatever comes in our, in our lives is a result of how we're going to act and how we will behave. Solomon gives us the picture. As he goes on in verse 4 verse uh, 24, Put away from you a deceitful mouth. And put perverse lips far from you. So he's talking about the lips. And then he says in verse 25, Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. 26, Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Oh man, come on, there's stability right there. When you begin to make a decision, when you put away things, he says, let your ways be established. Verse 27, Do not turn right or left. Remove your foot from evil. Solomon gives us a picture of the mouth, the lips, the eyes, and the feet. You see, what we speak is a result of what we've allowed in our hearts. Yeah, what we've allowed in our hearts will affect how we speak. What we've allowed in our, our hearts will affect us how we behave. When you speak faith or will you speak doubt? Will you speak faith or speak negativity? When you, when you allow certain things in your life, it's how you will respond. Gives us a picture of the eyes. What are you watching? 
that's affecting how your perspective is? What are you allowing into your soul of your mind to begin to move in? The movies that you watch, come on somebody, the movies that you watch that affect your heart, it's affecting the seed that's inside of you. What are you watching? A person's behavior, conduct, character is a result of things they've allowed in their heart and the heart is sick because of what you've allowed in. That's why you got to guard your heart, brother, sister. That's why Jesus says the birds of the air will come in and try to steal the seed. Listen, Paul says we have uh, treasure in earthen vessels, meaning, you know what? There is a seed that's within you, the gospel message that lives within us. And if we're not careful, if we don't guard it, this, the birds will come in, the, the, the seeds, the, the um, uh, things will choke the seed. I'm telling you, we got to guard what's inside of us. Guard your heart. When we begin to say, God, I'm going to make sure I'm going to guard my life so that we'll be able to function through life and have the fruits of the Spirit. And I want to encourage you, don't follow your heart, lead your heart. Don't live by your feelings, live by faith and live on His Word alone. Amen. Your hope is not in the government, it's in Jesus. Your hope is not in your culture or tradition. It's in Jesus. Listen, tonight our heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? That's why we got to live by faith and by His Word. Don't follow your heart. Lead your heart and begin to get into His Word. Isaiah 40 verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Maybe you've had busted wings and broken dreams. Maybe you were flying and soaring and all of a sudden your wings were like damaged. You got tired, you're weary, you're flying through life. But you can't even get up anymore. It's like, man, what's happening? Your hope's been deferred, your wings have been clipped. You can't fly anymore. Well, the key right here is this. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our faith can be renewed by God. We can have vitality. We can have life. We don't have to be weary. How? Because we chose to wait on Him. We chose to wait on Him. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But listen, hope that is renewed makes the heart strong. Hallelujah. I'll say that again. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But hope that is renewed makes the heart strong. You have to wait on the Lord. Wait until your strength is renewed. Wait until your perspective is restored. Wait until your heart is revived. Don't fly with broken wings and busted dreams. God wants to renew you. God is speaking to people here tonight. You've been living your life with broken wings. God is speaking to people tonight that you've had your hopes destroyed. Listen, there is hope tonight for you. And it's found in Jesus Christ. The devil came to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came to redeem what was stolen. He came to revive what was killed. And he came to restore what has been destroyed. Jesus Christ is our hope. Can I get a witness? Jesus Christ is the hope of our lives tonight. But we need to wait on Him. Let Him renew our strength that we can fly like eagles. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight in a word of prayer. Busted wings and broken dreams. Amen. Hope is in Jesus. I want to give an invitation. Maybe you're here tonight and you know your heart's not right with the Lord. Let me ask you one simple question. If you were to die in your sins, would you make heaven your home? If you were to die tonight, 
and you face God on judgment day, you know in your heart of hearts, you know you're not right with the Lord. You know you wouldn't make heaven your home. And so tonight I want to give you the extended invitation that was given to every single one of us here tonight. You want to accept Jesus Christ in your life. You want to have an assurance of eternal life in heaven. I want you to raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. Pray for me. Don't, no one looking around. Between you and God. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else? You want to join this honest heart. You know your heart's not right with God. You know if you were to die tonight, you wouldn't make heaven your home. Anyone else want to join this honest heart? The good news is Jesus Christ loves you and I. He died upon the cross. He took those nails in His hands and His feet. The crown of thorns that were placed upon His head. He did that for you and I. And He wants to forgive you. He wants to set you free. He wants to give you eternal life, salvation, grace. He wants to give you hope tonight. He wants to restore it tonight. If you're backslidden in your heart, you lift your hand. Say, yes, that's me. I'm backslidden. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else want to join this honest heart? Amen. I see the hand at the back. Anyone else? You be, you be real. You be honest. Jesus will say these words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Or he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. We could say, oh yeah, I know Jesus. But the real question should be, does he know you? You're here, you're not saved, you're not right with God. Lift your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. Lift your hand with mine and say, yes, pray for me, I need forgiveness. Amen, I see that hand. Anyone else want to join these honest hearts? It's not about playing church, it's about having a relationship with Jesus. You want to give your life to Christ. If that's you, lift your hand with these honest people. Amen. These precious people who lift your hand, come, why don't we come? Come out of your seat. Come meet me at the front. Amen. Come, come, come. Maybe you're not right, just come out of your seat. Come and join these honest people right now. We'll wait for you. We don't have to. Uh, come, come, sister. And then Gina can pray with you. Gina can pray with you. Just say these words after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. I'm asking that you forgive me of my sins.